With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, 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 welcome back and happy Monday to the Future Cast show here on the Roto Underworld Radio Network. I'm the host of this here thing, Ray G. Y'all know who it is, man. We six episodes in, you know who it is, man. You can find me on Twitter at Ray GQ. Make sure you follow with my show, Destination Debbie, as well. Everywhere podcasts can be found as well as on YouTube. But another weekend of college football is in the books. And I'm going to be honest with you. It was just kind of like, man, it was all right, man. We wanted to see LSU versus Alabama. We wanted to see some of these other high-end games. The Ohio State game was canceled. Maryland didn't even want to, they, they didn't want to fuck with them. They were like, look, Justin Fields is playing on another level. We had got a couple of COVID cases around here. We're just going to shut that shit down, and we're not even going to reschedule. Like, it's just done. We, we don't want to play, y'all. I don't blame him either. I wouldn't want to face Justin Fields right now either. He is a man on a mission with an absolute flamethrower attached to his arm. We didn't get to see Clemson play, so a lot of the high-end assets when we're talking about 2021 – they weren't on the field, but there were a couple of players who really, really stood out and one under the radar wide receiver we need to be paying attention to. And I've said his last name a ton. If you've been rocking with me for the past year, you know the last name M-O-O-R-E more. You have heard it here a thousand damn times from your boy over here. And we're going to dive into Mr. Moore in a second, but I want you to just... I want you to just ride with me real quick, vibe with me real quick. Just, just feel what I'm saying. Feel what I'm laying down. Follow me right here. If I asked you to build your prototypical wide receiver, that X wide receiver that you could just line up on the outside, one-on-one coverage, third down, it's the fourth quarter and you need this player to make a play. What does this wide receiver look like? What does this high-end fantasy asset look like? 6'2". 6364 215 220 running a 4440 yard dash built and looking like Julio Jones looking like DK Metcalf or looking like Wes Welker like which one would you prefer would you prefer your dominant wide receiver the player that's going to make it happen for you look like DK or look like WW Wes Welker and 
99.99999% of us would say the DK Metcalf guy. But luckily for us, the NFL is kind of changing, man. This air raid attack, this base three wide receiver formation sets, running four wide has helped out some of the vertically challenged wide receivers. And unfortunately for us, this 2021 NFL draft class does not feature a lot of those prototypical X wide receivers that we would build in a lab. You have a player like Seth Williams at 6'3, 224 pounds out of Auburn, who fits that mold. Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota at 6'2, 210, he kind of fits that mold. But after that, when we're talking high end profile athletes right now for the 2021 class, we ain't got many of those guys. Yes, Tamarion Terry has size. He's completely tanked his stock this football season. Sage Sherratt out of Wake Forest. How much of that was really Sage Sherratt? How much of that was just Jamie Newman? Well, no, he opted out. So who knows what his draft stock is going to be? A lot of people like to peg Jamar Chase as this big, physically imposing wide receiver because of how many tackles he broke, how good he was with the ball in the air. But Jamar Chase is six foot, six foot, 200 pounds. So he doesn't fit that prototypical mold either. But again, luckily for us, the NFL doesn't give a shit about any of that. Because they have designed a position to stop the Wes Welkers of the world. The slot corner position. And let me tell you, I played corner in college. There was no badge of honor being the slot corner. Normally, that was designed for your third your, your third cornerback on the depth chart. You just kick him into the slot. Your two good corners on the outside commanding you know, the, the outside wide receivers. But the NFL, that, that is a premium position, having a slot cornerback, because those slot wide receivers are too damn fast for linebackers, they're too shifty for safeties, and they're, they've got a two-way go. You're inside. You have to be, you have to have a player designated to stop them. And when you look at some of the top wide receivers in the NFL right now, and head on over to playerprofiler.com and look it up yourself if you don't believe me, slot wide receivers, Tyler Boyd, 76% of his routes come from the slot. Now, this is not including this past week's slate of games. I'm recording on Sunday night, so I don't know what the hell he did versus Pittsburgh today. So up through week nine of the NFL season, Tyler Boyd, 76% of his routes out of the slot. Tyler Lockett, 57% of his routes from the slot. Tyreek Hill, 41%. Keenan Allen, 46%. Juju, 77%. Cooper Cup, 54%. CeeDee Lamb, number one in the NFL with 84% of his routes coming out of the slot. We'd take all of them in dynasty. Those are all legitimate fantasy football scoring assets at the wide receiver position. And I have not even named Julian Edelman, Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin. So the slot position is a very, very important position. And luckily for us, although we don't have those big, imposing physical specimens on the outside, we do have some players that are coming into this 2021 NFL draft that have exceeded inside at the slot. And none have exceeded more in 2020 than the wide receiver more. And I keep saying that, not the first name, because I know a lot of y'all are thinking I'm talking about Rondell Moore, but Rondell Moore ain't playing this year, which he's supposed to play. He ain't supposed to play. He's got this hamstring injury. He doesn't have this hamstring injury. He has dropped in my rankings, patreon.com forward slash all gas. Rondell Moore has been my wide receiver one 
for months, for over a year now. And I dropped him to number two behind Jamar Chase because of the speculation about this existing hamstring injury. But what did not shape my perception of Rondell Moore was his height. At five foot nine, 180 pounds, he does not fit this prototypical mold of a wide receiver at the next level. But the production, the production, what he was able to do as a true freshman was unheard of. He set multiple records in the Big Ten, multiple Purdue records as an 18-year-old true freshman, over 110 receptions, 1,200 receiving yards, 12 TDs, 200 yards on the ground, and over 700 kick and punt combined yards dynamic. When he's plugged into the Breakout Finder app, I know Nate List is going to throw a fit because he hates him because he's little, but they're not going to be able to deny the dynamic score that Rondell Moore receives. And outside of Brian Edwards, when we're talking about breakout age over the past four or five years, Rondell Moore is like third behind Brian Edwards and Trey Knox out of Arkansas, breaking out in college football, commanding the majority of his team's receiving yards and touchdowns as an 18-year-old true freshman. That is how good this diminutive wide receiver is. But Rondell ain't the more that I'm talking about that's taking college football by storm. No, no, no. It ain't Rondell. And I love you, Rondell. But Elijah Moore. And as much as we talk about how good Rondell is and how high we have him ranked, well, when you're looking at this player, Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss, at five foot nine, 185 pounds, he too has a very early breakout age in his true sophomore season at 19 years old and six months. He broke out. He commanded majority of his team's receiving yards and touchdowns as a 19-year-old kid. Now, his best collegiate season prior to now was that breakout year in 2019. 67 receptions, 850 yards, 12.7 yards per reception, and six TDs. He did that in 12 games. Now, his dominator rating was through the freaking roof, 46%, number one in college football. And some people live and die by dominator rating, but you can kind of construe those to say, well, he was just the best wide receiver on a shit team. So that's why he got all the targets. That's why he caught all the balls, scored all the touchdowns. But 46% dominator rating, number one in college football last year is nothing, nothing to sneeze at. He commanded 36.5% of his team's total receiving yards in that 2019 season. So this player has not come out of nowhere. Elijah Moore was good last year. The earlier you are able to show that you can be the guy on your own offense amongst everybody else, the better. So he did play. He was there. He was there with DJ, uh, with AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, right? He was there. His freshman season was the final season for AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. But when we fast forward, fast forward a couple of years to 2020. So he had target competition as a freshman, sophomore season. He broke out, commanded the majority of his team's receiving yards and touchdowns. And then here in this abbreviated 2020 season, let me let me say his 2019 stats one more time, because I want I want you to really feel what I'm laying down here. 2019, 67 receptions, 850 yards and six TDs in 12 games. Right now, through seven games, 
Seven games. He's got 74 receptions, 1,054 yards, and eight TDs. Six of seven of those games, he's had 10-plus receptions. Five out of seven of those games, he's had 100-plus receiving yards. And three out of seven of those games, he's had 200-plus receiving yards in a single game. They're only playing 10 games this season. Elijah Moore is going to shatter shatter shit that has happened at Ole Miss in 10 games, not including any kind of playoff games that Ole Miss may be invited to. He is a the best slot receiver in college football right now. That's playing right now. He's better than Tutu Atwell. He's better than Tylen Wallace. Whatever wide receiver is running out of the slot, Elijah Moore is that dude. He's better than all of these guys. The analytical profile is going to scream, jump off of the page once this season is over and he declares for the draft. He's that good. And if we had been talking about, if this were Rondell Moore doing what Elijah Moore was doing, we'd be blowing a load right now. Multiple back-to-back loads over what Rondell Moore is doing. But because it's Elijah Moore, right? Elijah Moore, not really Rondell. It's Elijah Moore. It's Ole Miss. It's Matt Corral. We don't really want to talk about him. His own coach, Lane Kiffin, he said, he said he reminds, Elijah Moore reminds him of Steve Smith, the potential Hall of Fame wide receiver, the Carolina Panthers and Baltimore Ravens. He said the start-stop ability in his explosive route running is what makes him so great. Even though I didn't coach Steve Smith, that would be who I compare him to. I've seen enough football to know it. Elijah Moore being comp to Steve Smith makes my heart smile. This player is going to be a solid pro. And when you're talking about these wide receivers in the 2021 class, right now I've got Elijah Moore ranked 15th in my personal rankings, and I will move him up higher. He should have top 12 consideration at the wide receiver position. And when you're talking about evaluation of where he'll be going in rookie drafts, probably late second round, early third round. Right now, without draft capital, without testing numbers, he looks explosive. I've gone back, looked at what he ran in high school, some unconfirmed reports of what he'll run in the 40-yard dash, but his dynamic ability out of the slot is what makes him so attractive. And don't be scared off by the fact that he doesn't fit your ideal prototypical size for the wide receiver because we've seen these slot players thrive at the next level. And if you've got a technician like an Elijah Moore, who's an explosive athlete that happens to be undersized, that player can still be very, very effective, very, very efficient, and very, very valuable for us in fantasy football. Elijah Moore is the more that we need to be talking about more this season for these upcoming 2021 rookies, as well as a player out of USC, Amon Ross St. Brown. Amon Ross St. Brown, the true junior who comes from a family lineage of athletes. His father is a two-time Mr. Universe bodybuilder. His oldest brother, Equinemius St. Brown, is a wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. His second oldest brother, Osiris St. Brown, is a wide receiver at the University of Stanford. And Amin Ra finishing up his junior season at the University of Southern California. Now, this is an interesting family. This is an interesting family. His father's black. His mother is German. His mother only talks to him in German. Fluid in English, only talks to him in German. This kid knows three different languages. He, he, he went to one of the highest rated high schools, modern day high school out of California in the country. 
He's intelligent. To be at USC, for his brothers to be at Notre Dame and Stanford, you know this kid's background. He's got the work ethic. He's got the hunger. He's got the drive. He's got the mental makeup. Now, Matt Kelly, a couple shows ago, he talked about a player, Terry McLaurin, and how good Terry McLaurin is. And I'm here to tell you, I believe Terry McLaurin is a top 12 wide receiver in Dynasty. I don't care about his age, any of that shit. Terry McLaurin is a top 12 wide receiver in Dynasty. And when you're looking at his profile at six foot 208, very, very similar to Amon Ross St. Brown, who's six foot 6'1", 195. So when you're talking about just physical, how they look, very, very close to Terry McLaurin. Now, McLaurin with a 4.35 40-yard dash with a 95th percentile speed score, 76th percentile burst score. I don't believe Amon Ra is that level of fast. I think he's still going to run mid to high 4.4s in the 40-yard dash. But when you're talking about these type of players on the field, these technicians, sure-handed route runners, physical, never injured do it. They do all the dirty work. They just, they just baller ass wide receivers. He reminds me of the next Terry McLaurin. And when you're like, Ray, top 12 dynasty wide receiver. Yeah. Who all are you going to take above Terry McLaurin right now? Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, CeeDee Lamb. And then after that, it gets, okay, Allen Robinson, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, Put Terry McLaurin up there for me. Terry McLaurin is 100% there. And Amin Ross St. Brown reminds me of Terry McLaurin. Let me just give you his high school profile. Who was he? Amin Ross St. Brown out of high school, number 11th overall player in the country, period. Number two wide receiver, number one in California. He was a five-star prospect. So he had the high school profile to be dominant at the collegiate level. And what did he do as a true freshman at USC? 60 receptions, 750 yards, and three touchdowns. What did he do in his follow-up season? You know, Matt Kelly loves that sophomore season, that sophomore production. Sophomore production for Amon Ross St. Brown, 77 receptions, over 1,000 yards, and six TDs through the air. And then when we go back to his breakout breakout age, when did Amon Ross St. Brown break out? At 19 years old. old. He was younger than Jamar Chase. He was younger than some of these other players that we're talking about right after players like Jalen Rager and Rashad Bateman. So an early breakout age happened in his true sophomore season where he was dominant on a USC team that was still trying to find its way. And here in 2020, what has he done? What has he done in 2020? The Pac-12, they played two games. They've got a six-game season, seven-game season. That's all they're playing. Through two games, 14 receptions, 213 yards, averaging 15.2 yards of reception. Hasn't scored a touchdown yet, but USC's offense is kind of off this year. But the story of Amon Ross St. Brown, I want you to check this out. And if you're vibing with me on YouTube, You'll get to see this very interesting clip of Ra- of Amon Ross St. Brown and his three brothers. Check this out. But even if you're not watching, you can you can listen to it. Check this out right here. Check this out. All three playing the same position, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Who's the best? Mm-hmm. Me, of course, gotta be. They still have to prove themselves. Bernie, look at me. I'm looking <laughs> at him right now. All right. So for those of you who didn't see it. Amon Ross St. Brown is sitting there on this interview, HBO Real Sports with his three brothers, his two brothers, Osiris in the middle, Equinemia St. Brown on the outside. And the interviewer asked, all three of you play wide receiver, which one of you is the best? All of them kind of joking, oh, it's me, Equinemia St. Brown in the damn NFL or going to the NFL laughing, oh yeah, it's me, they've got to prove themselves. Amon Ross straight face, 
me. I'm the best wide receiver. Look at me. Interviewer, he says, look at me. I'm the best. And they're kind of laughing, and he's dead-ass serious. Straight face. He's the best wide receiver out of the three. And he's absolutely right. Amon Ross St. Brown is a fantastic wide receiver. Right now, I have him ranked eighth in my rankings for the 2021 wide receivers. And it's not a matter of him being the eighth best. It's just those that are above him are ridiculous. But I can make a case for Amon Ross St. Brown being a top five wide receiver in this class. When you're talking about his body size, his composition, what he does well, his ability to break tackles, his ability to be a a precise route runner. It's it's Terry McLaurin-esque. And if I can have Terry McLaurin in, in, in Dynasty, in Fantasy, or something similar to Terry McLaurin, sign me the hell up without any question, hesitation, or reservation. So when you're looking at some of these other players, we're moving down the list, right? You know who Jamar Chase is. You know who Jalen Waddle is. You know what Devonta Smith can do. But Amon Ross St. Brown playing on the Pac-12, right? They play late as hell out there in USC. But a lot of people haven't seen this kid play. Comes from a family of athletes. He's got his head screwed on straight. He's got the high school profile. And I believe he's going to test quite well at the combine to match up with his production profile. Ahmed Ross St. Brown is going to be a rock solid second round pick in our rookie drafts next spring. And if you're telling me right now, right now that I can lock up Terry McLaurin early in my second round of rookie drafts, shit, it ain't no question, baby. Sign me up. Two wide receiver prospects that are absolutely dynamic. One rising, one already at the top, but you need to know both names. I told you earlier that Amon Ra can speak three different languages. I don't care if it's in English I don't care if it's in French. I don't care how the hell you say it in German. Amen, Ross St. Brown is straight cash, homie.